my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. So there's a change happening in automobile ownership that is big time significant for your wallet. It started as so many other innovative things seem to do in the vehicle business with Tesla that has experimented with selling vehicle insurance along with your ownership or lease of a Tesla. And they only do it in a more limited fashion. It's something that maybe eventually they will roll out as a national thing. The reason Tesla is so keen on this is that traditional auto insurers seem completely unprepared for an era where the vehicle will do the driving and and think about that thought you just sit there while the vehicle drives you to your destination so then if something happens and you're in a wreck whose fault is it is it the car or is it you or is it some combination of which traditional auto insurers have fallen flat on their faces responding to the technological change in the market. Well, General Motors, which is also installing more and more vehicles with autonomous systems, is now launching a car insurance business that they're planning to offer across the 50 states. So they're only going to do it in a slow rollout Till sometime in 21 when they'll have the legal right to sell auto insurance in the whole country and they've not said when in 21 it will be available but what they're doing at GM is you know forever even before Tesla was cool they've really pushed their OnStar always connected data service that's become steadily more sophisticated so when you sign up if you choose to if you're a gm vehicle owner you know chevy a gmc truck buick whatever cadillac when you sign up you are giving them permission to figure out are you driving or is the vehicle driving itself and if you're driving how are you driving what speed are you going at are you doing jackrabbit stops and uh, starts and stops? Are you uh, doing rapid lane changes? In other words, they're going to collect all the data on how you are operating your vehicle. And whether you're operating it or the vehicle is operating itself, one of the penalty box things is if you don't have your tires properly inflated, which increases the chances of you being in an accident when your tires are underinflated. Note to self, if you don't have your tires properly inflated, just generally, it's not just about the premature wear and tear of your tires. It can put you in danger. Get air in those tires. What I do is I have um, an air pump at home that's a really good one that I can just uh, hook it up to the to the cigarette lighter, there still is such a thing, in the car, 
and hook it up the tire and just watch the meter to see when it's got the right PSI, the right uh, number of pounds of air in the tire, and then I know that tire is right and safe. But the idea of vehicle insurance changing like this is this is only the beginning where we will be judged based on who who's driving how we're driving and where we're driving and the traditional idea of auto insurance is not over but it's definitely at the beginning of the end and how we pay will be completely different potentially per mile a variety of ways that we will pay for vehicle insurance and if you are a GM vehicle owner and you have OnStar when this coverage is available look at it and see if it would be a money saver for you instead of being with a traditional vehicle insurer it's time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com slash ask and Kim who you got a question from This is from Clyde in Florida, and Clyde says, is there a way to sell unwanted cemetery plots? My parents pre-purchased plots for themselves, my sister, and myself. I'm the sole surviving family member. Every family member that has passed before me has been cremated. That's my desire as well, so I do not need this plot. This is an American tradition that needs to stop buying family cemetery plots because we have two trends going on. One is that the number of people who want to be buried is collapsing. That depending on what region of the country you live in, what city you live in, uh, cremation is completely taking over the market. So family purchase cemetery plots are essentially unsellable. And you may be able to get the um, cemetery to take it back from you so there's no possible fees going forward but being able to sell them I have had no reasonable idea about how anybody can sell any cemetery plot anywhere because there are way more of them that people have purchased than any family is ever going to use the second factor is that people move around the country And they may have thought they would be buried in one particular place, but at the time they pass, even if they are buried, they're buried where they've moved to, not where they were originally from. So I wish I had an idea for you, and maybe someone will post an idea hearing this, but the most important thing as you hear this is no matter what, do not buy cemetery plots until the need is there. Joel? Clark Scott in Georgia says, given the uncertainty of the near future uh, in the U.S. economy, I'd like to consider relocating in retirement outside the U.S. I'm specifically looking at Panama. Where do you recommend that I go to get started when I'm considering exactly what city to relocate to and how to manage the transfer of my assets as an expat? Okay, wonderful questions. And I say this when somebody's relocating for retirement, let's say, somewhere else in the United States, but it's even far more important if you're going to move to Panama or somewhere else outside the U.S., is that you go 
as an extended holiday at first. You don't go putting down full roots and you go rent a place uh, somewhere. And since you don't even know what community in Panama you would like to be in, whether you'd like to be in on one of the islands or you'd like to be on the mainland, if you want to be in Panama City or somewhere else, you want to rent, and I'd say your first rental period should be only for a month. And uh, just take your best guess at a place. And once you're there during that month, you use that as a time to explore and then look for a place you would rent for 6 to 12 months. Because you need to see, in spite of how much cheaper the cost of living would be for you and the rest, do you miss us too much in the United States or is this like a great decision and you want to stay and even then you may just consider longer term rentals instead of owning a place on the financial side don't worry about that yet first figure out if that's where you want to live in the expat community you'll find in Panama or any other place that you might end up settling you'll learn what you need to from uh, fellow Americans on the ground how they handle their finances what arrangements they've made and you'll find really solid answers in addition there are bloggers that blog about how to handle financial arrangements when you do choose to live retirement outside the United States Kim Phil in New York says, my wife and I expect to earn over the 206 married filing jointly cap for a Roth IRA. Can we reduce our incomes by making pre-tax 401k contributions to get our earnings below the cap so we would then qualify for a Roth? Oh, I love the way you think. And yes, people do exactly that, is they will increase their contributions to a 401k, get their income below the threshold so that they then can fund a Roth IRA. Now, the other thing you can do if you don't have any traditional IRA, you could do what's known as a backdoor Roth. And if you Google that term or go look at Investopedia, you can see how you can do a backdoor Roth, even if you are income ineligible for a Roth. And essentially, with a little extra work, you're able to do the Roth even if you would not income qualify. Joel? Clark Bryan in Georgia says, what's the best credit card processing company to go with if I'm a small business? I process about fifty dollars to $60,000 in credit card transactions every month. My current company charges me $1,200 a month in order to, to do these credit card processings. Uh, so you're actually charging quite a bit of merchant volume, which makes you a very attractive customer for merchant processing. I like for you, with a volume like that, to look specifically at the Costco Wholesale Merchant Processing Program and the Sam's Club Merchant Processing Program. And if you're not a member of one or the other, if their merchant processing is more cost-effective than what you have now, then, gosh, buy the membership to that warehouse club so you can get that uh, special deal that they offer on merchant processing. Uh, small to mid-sized volume chargers tend to find their best, most transparent deal doing merchant processing 
through the sponsorship of one of these two warehouse clubs. If you're very low volume, which you're not, but for others, often you'll do best with something like Square as a way of processing cards as an alternative to a traditional merchant processor. But it just depends on volume. In your case, definitely you want a more mainstream, traditional processing system. Kim? Julius in Texas wants to know, is it necessary for a married couple to have two separate life insurance policies? Is it necessary? Uh, No, there are policies that uh, typically can be second to die kind of things, but they're more exotic. For most people, you want to each have an individual level term life insurance policy and go read how you should shop for that and buy it on my guide at clark.com. Bob is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Bob, you're looking at mortgage refinance rates that are so cheap, you just can't believe it. Yeah, that's right, Clark. question I have is uh, I have two mortgage applications, one one with my current provider, which I won't mention, and one with another uh, large provider. My current provider is willing to do a 10-year at 2.375, and the other provider a 10-year at 2.375, we're going from a 30-year down to either the 10 or the 15. Okay, you both said 10 them, for both of them. So your your uh, current provider, would they be the 10 or the 15? 15. Oh, they'd be a 15. All right. And uh, I'm very intrigued that you're looking at doing a 10-year refi, which is something that was popularized by credit unions. And now they're, it's mostly a credit union product, but there are others doing them as well. Do you, I don't know that you're going to get a lower interest rate on the 10-year versus the 15, or are you? I don't believe so, but my concern is both of them are, I'm, I haven't decided which one, and uh, whichever one has the best offer I want to go with. Am I, am I in trouble if I cancel one and go with the other? Do I have to pay any fees or anything that you are aware of? Okay, so this is a funny thing about a refi. So with a refi, unless in the contract they say there are fees for you walking away before a closing, then you can just walk away. On the other hand, with a refi, you can close and immediately rescind the transaction, and then, because you're given a period of time to review what you've signed, and then you're able to walk away. Um, I would find out, because you're really interested in, in which one of the two. Uh, the, the tenure. See, I love you doing the tenure. Um, what's the closing cost with each of them? Um, the 15-year, it's around uh, 7000 and the tenure is like 3500 Really? And the interest yeah. rates with them, what are they? 2.375 for both. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's so cheap. <laughs> um, so can you? are you sure you can handle paying out the remainder of your mortgage balance on the 10-year? Yes, sir. Then I would go with that. And I would call the people with the 15-year loan and say, 
hey, you don't think you want to proceed. Are there any costs involved with you walking away now? Good. Because paying it off in 10 years is so awesome. You're just, you know, you're completely mortgage debt free 10 years down the road. And the interest you'd be paying is so low regardless. But having $3,500 less in closing costs is great. And I think you can tell them, they say, why are you walking away? You say, well, I was offered the same interest rate with half the closing costs. And they may turn around and match it, but uh, the 10-year sounds a whole lot better to me than the 15-year. So I think you just ask the question, what would you have to pay just to simply walk away from that 15 It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. You know, most talk shows are political, and most of them there's an obvious point of view, and the host always has the last word. We're none of those things on the Clark Howard Show. We're all about you having an opportunity to learn, and we all learn together. And there'll be times that I'll answer a question or state something as a fact or give an opinion that you're like, that's not true at all, or I don't agree with that at all, or why didn't Clark say blah, blah, blah? And so that's why we have Clark.com slash Clark Stinks, where you can correct something that you feel I said wrong, give additional information, it's important that You have that opportunity, so we do all learn together. And then weekly, producers Joel and Kim go through your posts on Clark Stinks and share their favorites with you on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, Clark Howard, you ready for this? I sure am, Kim. Okay, today we're starting with William. William says you, <laughs> sorry, Clark, you both stink and sound like an old fart. I love it. <laughs> On a recent episode, a question included that a person was 64 years old. Clark commented that the asker was a Beatles song now and that Kim and Joel were too young to understand the reference. I know it's hard to believe, but some of us whippersnappers still know about and appreciate great music and musicians from throughout the ages, including the Beatles. Personally, I am very much looking forward to turning 64 in 38 years so I can play that clarinet-filled ditty on repeat. (laughs) Thank you for that. I'm going by the fact that my wife and all three of my kids think the Beatles are really lame. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess that's not enough of a sampling. And I'm glad that you enjoy that Beatles tune. Joel? Clark Jim says, uh, you mentioned that retirement money should only be put into Roth 401ks and IRAs and not traditional IRAs and 401ks. When I run the numbers, maxing out a traditional IRA and 401k, like I do, uh, lowers my taxable income significantly. This in turn reduces the amount of tax owed. It seems that paying a couple of thousand dollars in taxes is a high opportunity cost for future tax-free income. My number crunching says your advice stinks. To be fair, I understand the tax rates are currently low and certain to go up, but isn't it also fair to say that Roth savings may change in the future? 
Maybe I'm just being uh, not being optimistic enough that I will be one of those folks in the top tax bracket. So Clark, before I say you stink, I want to be fair. What am I not getting through my thick skull? Okay, so one thing is a very manipulative thing on my part, by my admission, that if I get you to contribute the same amount of money to a Roth as you would to a traditional, either IRA or 401k, I effectively have gotten you to boost the amount you're saving for retirement by typically at least 25%. Because in one case, you're doing after-tax dollars, the other before-tax dollars. So it's a sneaky, sneaky underhanded way for me to get you to save more effective money for your future. On the tax thing, tax rates are unusually low right now. We're running these massive deficits and we have an aging population and we don't have enough money to pay for Social Security and Medicare. So I'm guessing that we're likely to have higher tax rates as we go through the years ahead. And that's why in my mind, it's a better deal to pay the tax up front and not have to pay tax later. It is true that a future Congress could decide to come up with some sneaky way to rip you off on taxes on Roth 401k or Roth IRA money, but I think that's unlikely because the people who have the most at risk in those accounts are generally the most politically active and would be able to fight back. At least that's my assumption. Kim? Ben says, Clark, your recent comments left an acrid whiff of social bias in the air. You refer to some of your most favorite service providers as fair-haired children. I'm sure you're considerate enough to know where I'm going with this. The term is loaded with baggage, evoking long-term racial preference, discrimination, and inequity, which is still so entrenched in our culture that it impacts even our casual language. We must root it out. Thanks for all you and your team do. Signed, a fellow privileged white male and longtime listener. Well, thank you very much for that post. And I think about as I was listening to that, how many times I have used a phrase that I don't know the origins of, and it turns out that it's a loaded phrase. And so it is shorthand sometimes I use that, in fact, is something that is offensive, and I don't even know it. So I appreciate you pointing that out. Joel? Clark Lee says, you've told multiple listeners that you don't like the wastewater line insurance offered by third parties through cities. Recently, though, you said that the the problem pipes are polybutylene pipes. I know from an experience in a 1920s house costing well in excess of $7,000 that terracotta type pipes can also be a problem. So after we moved to a new city and purchased a, a 1960s house in a neighborhood with a lot of large oak trees, we witnessed neighbors having waste lines in the front yards requiring replacement. We were offered insurance and we quickly took the offer. Less than a year later, our pipe required replacing. The charge to us was free, and the payments we'd made on the insurance would not have paid 5% of the cost. Also, the plumbers did a great job. So your listeners should know that if they live in an older home with large trees, and particularly if they know of neighbors with problems or see the telltale digging scars through the neighborhood yards, they might want to consider the insurance unless they have a significant source of extra funds available. Thank you for that post. Now, the question that we had before was about the water service line coming to the house. But your point is valid. I actually have 
had the displeasure of a similar experience to you with an older home that the uh, wastewater line did in fact deteriorate and had to be replaced and uh, the replacement was very expensive to put in because of particular unique circumstances so my wallet felt that pain and I get your point Uh, if you think about the math though overall you gave a very limited circumstance where you decided it was a good decision to buy it but for a general homeowner situation buying these additional coverages generally does not pay kim deuce says clark your christmas kids program has an alphabetical bias problem upon donating for clark's christmas kids i found it much easier to select gifts for kids with names that are alphabetically high You have to scroll and scroll and scroll to donate to kids whose only issue is having a first name that starts with a a letter of the alphabet that turns up later. May I suggest a match with a kid button that would then randomly select a kid to pair with you for your donation based on gender and county? I think this would be best. Thank you very much for that suggestion. I guess that I haven't worried about the alpha bias that we have built into Clark's Christmas Kids because I have the mentality that we'll take care of every one of these children by the time we're done with our annual Clark's Christmas Kids campaign. We have every year, this is our 30th year, we have every year but one year taking care of every single child. And the year that we had problems with was in the late 90s so um, gosh last century last millennium and so i'm not that worried about the alpha issue because even though people do default to early in the alphabet i think we will take care of as we have in prior years every single child and i want to thank all the people who've helped in the prior 29 years of clark's christmas kids and those that have helped or will help this year as we take care of children and foster care so that they have gifts Christmas morning. Uh, Foster care programs can provide housing to kids, either in a group home or an individual setting, but they are not equipped to provide gifts, and that's what I have asked of you for the last 29 years and ask of you this, our 30th anniversary year. You can see how to do a donation at clarkschristmaskids.com. It'll take you just a couple of minutes to do it. Joel? Clark Richard says, I think you're oversimplifying your solar is cheapest claim. Suppose you're tasked with building an electrical power system for your city. You like solar, so you plan to build a generous solar array. But since your job is to provide electricity 24-7, you now need to also design and build a backup power plant next to the solar system that's big enough to handle the entire load when the sun isn't shining. During the day, you can draw power from the solar array and leave the natural gas plant off, but then you need to fire up the gas plant for night needs. So really, all that the solar array is eliminating is the marginal cost of the natural gas that would have been used during the day if the panels weren't there. Natural gas is dirt cheap these days, so your solar array isn't saving much money. This is typically why a utility that goes big time into renewables has to jack up the cost of electricity, not reduce it, which is what a person would normally assume. In other words, the cost for a kilowatt hour of solar power is not the major driver in overall costs. Many are hoping for a miracle in battery technology that allows the storage of surplus energy during the day. Miracles can happen, but currently we are orders of magnitude away from a cost-effective utility-sized battery. 
Thank you. And I must say, I respectfully disagree with some of the things in your post. The things you've said would have absolutely been true as recently as six or seven years ago. But the cost of solar and wind, and solar especially, have declined so much. Solar down 90% in cost in 10 years. And the cost of uh, utility-scale battery backup is collapsing. I mean, it's becoming a very effective way and in many situations is now cheaper than having a natural gas peaker plant to deal with uh, the times of day that uh, wind and solar can't provide for or that demand is exceedingly high because of high temperatures. On the issue of uh, solar, you were specifically talking about solar, not wind, but uh, I'll talk solar and wind, making power more expensive Texas, which has the most well-thought-out free market system of power delivery, is migrating very heavily to solar and wind as by far the most cost-efficient way to provide energy. And yes, there is a role that's a transitional one for natural gas as a peaker or substitute power when solar and wind are not doing their thing and in places that batteries have not been installed yet. But just, I ask you, go look at what's happening in Australia, and particularly the state of South Australia, to see where we're headed in the United States and why solar, wind, and batteries are clearly the future of energy production in the United States and around the world. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sherry's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sherry. How are you? Hi, Clark. Thank you very much for taking my question. I'm grateful. Well, you are have a plan charted for yourself where you are going to have no permanent fixed address in retirement. Is that right? That is correct. My dream has always been to live full-time in an RV. I love to travel and I love small spaces. So that's my plan. Uh, my plan is to do that when I retire in 10 to 12 years. You know, fall goes to, to that plan. So, Wow. Well, one thing that may change over these years or may stay the same is you probably noticed how many RVs are tagged in the state of Montana. Yeah, I have noticed that. Mm-hmm. That's because there are special tax advantages to you having Montana as your, uh, essentially your address of record. And that's why you see all those that are tagged or plated that way. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard Florida is is 
maybe a, and also a good state maybe to, to do that with. I'm not sure. Well, you got some years before your plan yeah. will unfold, so just check for the most current stuff at that time to see yes. where you should be tagged or plated. Yes, exactly. So how so, can I be of service to you with, you sound like you've got this this dream you know is your future. How do mm-hmm. I fit in helping you with that? So I would say probably three-fourths of my retirement savings is in a 403B where I work, but I just contribute enough to get the match with that since I'm not real sure of all the fees um, that are associated with it. And the past couple of years or so, I've been actively contributing to a Roth IRA. And I was just wondering if I should stay that course for the next 10 plus years or do a traditional IRA since my tax rate will be a lot lower once I fully retire. That is a a wonderful question. And in a situation where you really, really are confident that you're going to be at a significantly lower tax rate in retirement, you could consider doing traditional rather than Roth. But the mm-hmm. money you've contributed all through the years to this 403B will appear as income when you spend it in retirement. So it, so it's not like you're going to have no income that would be Actually, yeah. taxable mm-hmm. in retirement. There is a strategy that that some people like, and it's where you split your contributions each year, half traditional and half Roth. And what that does for you in an IRA, if you do a traditional IRA as well as a Roth, is that depending on your tax situation each year in retirement, that can determine which pile you pull from. I see. Mm -hmm. So that is a possibility. But don't don't, uh, expect that you will be a zero income person in retirement because you okay. have you have embedded tax in all the pre-tax investing you've done through the years. Okay, so would maybe a 75-25% ratio like what I have currently maybe good to maintain that or So you're doing 75% Roth, 25% traditional? No, I I would say that probably three-fourths of my savings is in the 403B, and, you know, I'm actively. All right. So I like the idea of you going 50-50. So in your circumstance, if you were to do half of what you're doing these last 10 years, Roth IRA, and the other half Mm -hmm. in the 403B, that would Mm -hmm. give you more play in retirement than what you've got right now. Okay. So right. I'd feel comfortable with that. And yeah. I, I really am excited about what you're looking forward to doing, and I hope that it's everything that you've dreamt it will be once you are retired. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.